Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. what family does, right? You go over into a super germy house and you drop off, I like randomly put garlic pills and charcoal pills and all the natural types of herbs in these little baggies and dropped them off and I'm thinking, I hope I don't get pulled over on my way there because this could look really weird. Um, And I told Josie, I walked in and I said, just take them all. Doesn't matter the doses, just take them all. But they had Jesus, so they got, they got healed pretty fast. Um, well, as, as Chris said, my name is Nicole. It's super fun to be, to be back up here after being gone for maternity leave. I'm actually going to take these off, and we're going to pray. Stay asleep, little one. Stay asleep. I, I had pink headphones on them the past two weeks, and I confused some of y'all. Y'all are like, wait, I thought she was having a boy. Is it a girl? We're not sure. And I just said, no, he was... Um, very confident in his manhood, so he wore his sister's headphones. Um, before we get started this morning, I, I had a wild couple of dreams last night, and um, for all of you parents, you know that you don't sleep long enough to typically dream with a newborn, so anytime I dream, I'm like, it's the Lord. He gave me a dream in two minutes of shut-eye. Um, but I had some fun dreams last night, so we're going we're gonna to do some ministry time here at the end. Um, but, but I just felt compelled to share. Chris kind of went into it during ministry time, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, you're real. Um, I, I just for a second wanted to just remind us of eternity. Like we, we don't belong here. This isn't home. This is temporary. We're renting right now. And, and I was, I, I went to Starbucks, I left all the children with my amazing husband, and I, I went to Starbucks to just kind of sit with the Lord, and there was a man sitting next to me, and um, he, he began to strike up a conversation. And here's something that I've, I've learned. When I don't want to have a conversation with someone, when I'm in a hurry, that's normally the time that ministry happens because somebody done chatting you up at the wrong time, or so you think. And so I'm sitting there, and I already knew. The Lord told me as soon as I walked in, the only seat available was next to this man. And I knew he was going to start talking to me. And I'm thinking, I just need to sit with the Lord without a child attached and just be with him and prepare for ministry. And I sit down, and within seconds, he, he says, well, how do you like that MacBook Air? I don't know a thing about electronics. I tell my husband to remind our kids when I'm 85, I didn't know when I was 25 how to use them, so they're not allowed to make fun of me. But so he starts talking about my MacBook Air, and anyway, come to find out, um, he's a Jew, but he um, has worked for many churches, and he's been kicked out of many churches once they found out he was a Jew. And... Um, so anyways, for 45 minutes, um, we just got to, to talk about the Lord. And the reason I share that with y'all is because I felt um, heavily during worship that a lot of us, this man was very smart. 
He's very intelligent. He started telling me things. I don't know if they were true or not, but started telling me things that sounded uh, really intelligent and started telling me things about the Bible that were not true, but I didn't correct him because I just wanted to sit there and love him for a second. But he, he thought that he knew. He thought that he had all the knowledge. But he was without the king of kings. And, and he was a music, he's a music teacher and a sweet man, sweet man, probably in his 70s. And I, I sat there and I just listened. And typically I, I'm the one that's talking. Once they get going, I'll, I'll, I'll speed up to them. But I just began to listen. And my heart mourned for the knowledge that some of us may carry without the king of kings. That, that God is real. He's really, really, really real. Heaven and eternity is real. And we are just here for a minute. You're just here for a minute. This isn't the end all be all. And I felt like somebody needed to hear that this morning because a lot of times when we get focused on the world, when we get worried about our stresses and our finances and our things and our this and our that, we forget that this isn't it. This is literally like we're on mission. We're on mission for eternity. Like you're going to die and you're either going to stay dead and separated from Christ Jesus or you're going to dwell in eternity with him. Those are your two options. Anyways, that's all. I just wanted to share that. (laughs) God is good. God is really good. Um, being home for the for the past couple weeks um, with this little guy, Radshack. Radshack. Okay, get it right, Radshack. Um, the Lord began to speak to me about abiding, and I feel like I have twenty five messages stored up in my heart because. When, a, when you don't have an audience and you're not talking to a bunch of people, you just preach to yourself. So Ratchak is for sure saved. Um, he's for sure saved by now. But, <laughs> but the Lord began to, to talk to me about abiding and what it looks like to abide in Christ. And then um, I'd come downstairs and, and my husband would have on a show for our kids and it would be about fruits of the spirit. And in the past two weeks, I, I came to church, and I didn't know what kids was, didn't know what y'all were learning, and I saw people walking out with, you know, fruit colored in on a coloring sheet, and so God's just been throwing all this fruit right in front of me and, and speaking to me about it. Who knows that when God is trying to get something across, you'll normally see it more than once. You'll normally hear it more than once. That's why when people prophesy over you or give you an encouraging word, you want to write these down because typically God is speaking to you about the same things over and over and over again. A lot of times I'll have people do this practice where they take all their prophetic words and they highlight and underline and circle similar themes. I encourage y'all to do that. It's wild what you're like, oh, God knows me. He has to say this to me 15 times before I get it. But so he, he had been, he kept reminding me about just the fruit of the spirit and what it looks like to dwell and abide in Christ Jesus. And so I want to, I want to read John 15, if you will. Hey, bud. Hi. You going to say hi? John 15, turn with me there in your Bibles, your iPhone Bible app. Come on. Give me an amen when you get there. Come on. We got to wake up church. All right, here we go. John 15, it says this. 
I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain. Say remain. In the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This morning, I want to title our message, Remaining and Displaying. Remaining and Displaying. It's, it's, it's very clear. Y'all heard me say remain about 18 times in there. It's really just seven, but it's, it's, it's clear that remaining in Christ is important. At least here in John 15, it's used seven times in eight verses right? So underline that in your, if you have your Bibles with you that you can underline or highlight in your app, underline those because it's something to take notice of. It's God saying, listen, this is really, really, really important. I need you to get this and not miss it. So much so I'm going to say it seven times in eight sentences. Verse four, remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain. Another word there, the Greek word for remain is abide. Some of your versions of your Bible might actually say abide. Abide in the vine because you can't bear fruit if you're not abiding in the vine. Notice it doesn't say if you go to church more. Notice it says if if you live in the right part of this city. Notice it doesn't say if you attend all the church meetings or pray for all the people or confess that you're a believer. It says, remain in me, and I also will remain in you. And that is how we will bear not just some fruit, but much fruit. Not might bear fruit, but you will bear much. Say much. Turn to your neighbor say much. Much fruit. Now listen, this is good news because a lot of us, if you grew up in maybe the type of church that I I started going to when when I became a believer, um, it was all about what I could do, how many things I could attend, how I could prove myself, how I could display all my fruit without actually being connected to the root, Jesus himself. It was like a hamster wheel of going and doing and proving. But actually it just says... If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Just remain. You guys, just remain. Not do, not perform, not be, not have the title with your name, but just remain. I just need y'all to get that for a second. Just remain in Christ Jesus, and then you will bear much fruit. There's this beautiful image that, that he gives us. Are you going to preach? There's this beautiful image of this verse here. The vine is Jesus. 
Okay, the vine is Jesus, the gardener is God. And then the fruit is proof of good root and of the Holy Spirit active in our lives. And as I began to just read through this over and over and over and start to study the word, I was drawn to two things. There's a lot of messages on the fruit of the spirit. Those are incredible. Fruits of the spirit are very important. But there were two things I was drawn to that I just wanted to highlight this morning. A grapevine, the success of a grapevine is dependent on two things. The first is its root system. And the second is how it's pruned. The success of good wine, of wineries who sell wine to all over the world, they need their grapevine to be deeply connected to its root system. And they have to prune every year. See, the root system is this picture of us remaining in Jesus. It's really cool. Um, We've been on a couple tours, my husband and I. I don't know where he went. He's here somewhere. He's maybe with God somewhere. Um, We've been on a couple winery tours, and it's fascinating. Who's ever been on a tour of a winery? It's so cool. I totally, like, geek out over grapes. I'm like, this is awesome. But... But some of the grapevine roots go as far as 20 feet deep. It's wild to me. But it's, it's really cool because here, here's the thing. I feel like I've preached on this before, the root system, but it's good. The more we are connected to the root, the more we're connected to Jesus, the more fruit that displays. But not only the more fruit that displays, the more we can actually like give it away to people, Right? Ooh, good job. She wasn't even ready for that. Yeah, girl. Organic. The more we can give it away. That's why right here when we read, it glorifies the Father because it shows that we're his disciples. You want to show the world who your king is? You display fruit. You want to display fruit? You get connected to the root. You want to get connected to the root? You just remain. That's awesome. You don't have to do anything. You just remain. Remain in him. There's a remaining that actually purifies our minds. It renews our minds. It helps us to become who we were always created to be because we're so connected to the vine. I tell people the root problem to most problems is, the, is a root issue. The root problem to most problems are a root issue. Because if you're connected, I'll put it this way. I can tell in myself, I use myself as an example. I can tell in myself how much I'm believing what God has done and what he says about my life by how I respond to things. Because I can either partner with with the things that come at me or are said, or I can just remain And when I remain and I abide, then everything that the vine gives me is true in my life. That all these things that come at us on earth actually doesn't matter. Because that's not a big deal. I was in that same Starbucks and I feel like I was supposed to minister to this girl in line. And I I literally went, I don't really want to right now. Confessions of a pastor. And, and, and then for a glimpse, I went, but gosh, when we had a young guy here from Awakening Europe preach, he said, you know, when you decide not to do that, you're caring more about um, y- your convenience than their eternity. Yeah. 
And so I was like, oh, quickly reminded of their eternity. And who cares if they blow me off? Who cares if they laugh or they don't understand? By the way, that's never happened to me. It's never happened. We, like, work this whole thing up in our mind that people are, like, going to, I don't know, shoot us with their bow and arrow or something bizarre. But, like, that's never happened. People, you know, at worst, I've got, like, a, okay, cool, crazy white girl kind of look. But no one's ever said anything. So that's just the fear to keep you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, so here, here's, here's a little display I have. So, so the word says, as we abide in him and he abides in us, then we will bear much fruit. So this is what happens if we're not abiding in him. We might have some fruit. There might be fruit of the world that displays. And this might be really shiny and really cool and really pretty, but it, it, it kind of looks like this. And then for the believer, the one who's given God glory and displaying themselves as disciples, they bear much, say much, much fruit. And these aren't just the nine attributes, fruit of the Spirit. This is, this is much more than that. This is the way in which you love people. This is the way in which you lead your life. This is the way in which you trust God in tough and difficult times. But the only way we get to this, the only way we bear much fruit is by the root system. And who knows that roots are below the fruit. Roots are below the ground. They're in the soil. And you can't always see what's happening down there. Now, you may be aware it's growing season or it's seed season or it's whatever season. But to other people, they might not quite understand what you're doing. They may not understand why you've decided to, to stop partying or to stop drinking, or they may not understand why you've decided to not hang out with certain types of people all the time, or, or why you've decided to, to hold a business, you know, a Christian business meeting at your workplace. They may not understand why you've decided to have boundaries in your life, but it's because they can't see what's happening in the soil. They don't know what it looks like when you're abiding in Christ and what Christ is doing in your life. And I want to tell you this morning, I'm going to give you permission, that's okay. We're not here to please man. We're not here to please people. We love. We love God and we love people. But we abide in the vine so that much fruit can be displayed. Why? So that God gets the glory and we are shown to be his disciples. These are none of my notes. This is going really well. Matthew 7 says, you'll know them by their fruit. All throughout scripture, especially with, with Israel, there are these beautiful pictures of, of a gardener and of wine. I mean, it's, I, I could preach five hours on that alone, do a little word study. It's incredible. And God is utilizing this picture to give us an idea of what it means to bear much fruit. See, I believe that there might be some of us here, and we're like, God, we've been waiting on this one piece We've been waiting on this area of our life, and we haven't seen it yet. Lord, what are you doing? And God's like, I'll just remain. Just remain in me. That's where I'm going to give you the dreams and desires of your heart. See, a lot of people, they, they kind of laugh that all three of my kids have been in this rap. They love it. And typically, they're asleep. This guy, he just wants to preach. But they laugh. They're like, you know, the, the baby on you is like an extra limb. And I'm like, yeah, because this is where he feels the safest. This is where he feels the most connected. This is what reminds him of when he was growing inside of me, when he was abiding, literally remaining in my tummy. 
And the Lord began to reveal to me, this is what we are to be like. On Christ, we go where he goes. We're in step with, with where he's going, and we don't have to do anything. I mean, he's a lucky guy. He just hangs out, and he's the happiest right here. And God gets the glory when we just sit back and we relax and we just abide. From here, everything will flow. The dreams in your life, the things God's called you to, just because you're not seeing it now doesn't mean it isn't coming. Everything will flow from your soil time. I tell people, I say, how long have you served soil time? How long has your soil time been? They'll say, oh, I started this nonprofit or I started this thing and it's just not going the way I wanted it to go. And I'll say, well, how long did you serve soil time? Like, what? Well, what's that? Well, how long did you sit with God in it? Well, he just gave it to me and I ran. Okay. So, so how long did you sit with God and get the, the business plan? How much soil time did you serve? Because the root system has to be deeply, deeply connected in order to see the fruit in our lives. And it's the most rewarding place we can be is in Jesus. It's, is this okay? You guys good? It's the most rewarding place is just to be there with him, abiding in the vine to get the nutrients from the soil, from the roots, so that we can do all that he's created us to do. I thought this was interesting. Fruit in this verse is a synonym for result. Okay, watch this. Those who remain and produce fruit will see results in their life. Now, I'm an activator. I'm an achiever. I'm an urgent person. I like to get things done. Chris was very kind with his introduction, but I like to start and I like to go and I like to run as fast as I can. I like to go with a lot of people too. But right here, it says that the fruit is a synonym for result, meaning this, when we're connected to the root, we bear fruit and that fruit gives us results in our life. You want to transform the way that you're living. You just stay connected to the root. You want to you grow a nonprofit or a business. You want to be a light in your workplace. You want to minister more. You want to be in ministry. Cool, I want you to work in the workplace. And you'll see the results that your heart is actually crying out for. If you ever feel this tension between... God, I feel like I'm supposed to do this thing, or I can't put my finger on it, but I'm, I feel like I'm made for this thing. That right there is the hunger for the root. It's the hunger for the root. Now, I'm not saying you'll have everything figured out in, in 10 years or so, just stay connected. But what I am saying is you'll go further with him than trying to go in your own strength. Because it doesn't say the harder you work, the more fruit you will bear. It doesn't say the right people you get on your team or the way in which your social media is set up and looks and, and, and uh, um, matches, you'll bear much fruit. No, no, no. It just says remain because remaining and results are connected to one another. I know this is very profound and probably way over your all's heads since you're so quiet. As we begin to remain, he refines. 
As we remain in Jesus, he refines. And, and here's kind of the emphasis I want to put on this morning. When, when I first became a believer and I started reading this scripture, <laughs> okay, let's be honest for a second. Let's play a, yep, that was me. You read scripture and you're like, what in the world? Like when you first became a believer, come on, you're allowed to raise your hand. Some of the things, boy, if you do not study, you're going to be looking a hot mess and doing some crazy things. The word is real and it's true, but you need to understand it. And so when I, when I read verse 2 here in John 15 that says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. Wait a second. That sounds opposite, right? It sounds like he would prune the branch that bears no fruit. But it says that he prunes the branch that does bear fruit, so that it will be more fruitful. Okay, I want you all to get this this morning because this is a really good word. If you are connected to the root system and you are feeling pruned, you might use other words here. Spiritual warfare, attack, coming after me, stretched. God believes in you and he says, ah, there's a branch that I can produce much fruit on. I'm going to prune it, and I'm going to get it ready. By definition, prune means to cut away ungrowth. To cut away dead or overgrown branches so that an increase of fruitfulness and growth can happen. That's by definition what prune is. So if you're here this morning and you have been feeling tension in your life, you have been feeling stress in your marriage, you have been feeling a pull in your workplace, you have been feeling like Stretch Armstrong in multiple areas of your life, I believe it may be because God says, oh, I can put much fruit on them. I'm going to prune them and I'm going to get them ready. Don't hear me say this. I'm not saying God takes away things to prove himself. I'm not teaching that. I'm not saying that God gives and takes away to, to prove himself and to show himself. That's not what I'm preaching. If you believe that, that's fine. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is the pruning process is very important in your life. If you're not feeling pruned, again, you can put all those other synonyms, stressed, stretched, pulled, focused, refocusing, whatever it may be. If you're not feeling that, I would maybe question if you're a branch that can bear much fruit, if you're connected to the root, because it says those who bear fruit, he prunes so that he can give you more fruit. He wants to display more fruit in your life, but if you just look like a ginormous cluster, you'll be overwhelmed by what he's doing in your life and you won't be able to give it away. The pruning process is really important if we understand it with the, the focus that God is a good God, that he loves you, that he wants more for you. The very dream that you've dreamed up, he actually wants more. He has better ideas than you. Praise God. When we went on a tour of the, the vineyard, you know, they, they walk around and they show you how different grapes grow and and, and they talk a little bit about the pruning process. And um, one of the guys, this was many years ago up north, we were on a tour. He said that the primary goal for them to cut back everything um, in, the, in the vineyard is to maximize the grapevine. 
It's to maximize it. In fact, 70 to 90% of what was grown the year before gets pruned. Come on, y'all. I need you to get this. God's saying, listen. God's the gardener. I'm the vine. I want you to bear much fruit. I've got to cut back a little bit because what you used for last season is not for this season. The fruit he gave you last season is not meant for this season because he wants to give you more. So what worked last season, what was successful last season, the things that led you further and took you further and got you that promotion and got you in front of those people or gave you that platform or got you that job, that is not for this season. He wants to give you more. And so when he begins to prune us, that 70 to 90%, we have to remain in him so that we understand what he's doing. Y'all following me? If you don't have a deep root system, you'll think he's a mean God. If you're not connected to the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, if you don't have an eternal perspective, if your roots aren't very far, you'll just be confused. And rightly so. I would be too. God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Instead of God, I don't know what you're doing, but you're a good God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. The past couple years, I've started to just go, whoo, God, what are you doing now? When something bad will happen, this is a good practice. Instead of going, oh, shoot, what do we do now? How do I fix this? How do I, how do I manage this? I go, wow, God, that didn't work out? That was a really good human plan. What are you doing? What's God doing? The next time you have an issue, the next time something doesn't work out the way that you thought it should look, you get to ask God, wow, God, what are you doing? Because his plans are better than ours. I see this with my kids. If you're a parent, right, like you do things that they don't understand for their benefit. I'm not just like taking a toy away to be mean. I'm taking the toy away so I can put it in the basket full of other toys and give her the full basket. Give my son, they, they have these little grocery carts and they, they collect little toys throughout the house and Sometimes it gets so full that it starts to fall out and they get frustrated. So I kind of take the grocery cart and I clean it out and I give them their favorite toys. Because those are the ones they want anyways. The other little things they picked up along the house, those aren't really needed. They don't get excited about those as much as their four favorite toys. But see, if we're not connected, I know I'm repeating myself, but I just want y'all to get this. If we're not connected to the root, we'll just think that God's doing something mean. When really he's like, no, 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 Allison, I love you so much. I'm going to give you more. I'm going to do more in your life, but I got to cut this back. It's not taken away. I just got to prune it a little bit. I just got to prune it a little bit. The Lord spoke to me about a month ago, and I very rarely get prophetic words for multiple people. I often will just get them for single, you know, individuals. And he gave me this word that I felt was was a regional word, and I, I posted it on my on my Facebook. And I felt like I wanted to to share it this morning. A lot of times what God's doing when we're feeling this tension in our life is he's he's getting things in order for us. And I said to the Lord, I said, God, what are you what are you doing in this this one area that I, I wasn't loving what I was seeing? God, what are you doing in that area? And he said, Oh, honey, I'm just getting things in order. And immediately it was like the worry that I had attached to that thing 
wasn't a worry anymore because if God's getting it in order, he's way more organized than I am. So I'll take it. I believe God is getting things in order for people. And, and, and it's kind of like he gave me this picture of my closet. <laughs> and it, you try to keep it as organized as possible. But, but you got to take some things out in order to reorganize it or to see which shirt you like best or which shoes still fit you or aren't tore up. You got you to pull out the old things from last season. And you got to reorganize the closet. And it's not fun at first because it just looks like a pile of mess, right? You ever start to organize and you're like, whoa, this just looks 80 times worse. And then you just keep organizing and then it gets nice and structured and pretty. Anybody relate? The women in the house maybe? And I believe that's what God's doing in this region. I, I just, I see it. I sense it. I feel it. I, I just, I walk past people and I'm like, wow, God's, God's ordering things in their life right now. And so if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you that God prunes those who bear much fruit. Who are capable of bearing much fruit. He's not doing things in spite or as a mean person. He's believing in you. So if you're feeling the pruning process, it's okay. It's so that you can have much fruit. My husband reminded me we were driving um, yesterday, and he said he'd asked me what I was going to be teaching on, and so I was sharing a little bit. And he goes, do you remember when we, we went on... Um, on the tour, and he said, they said that they liked struggling grapes or struggling um, vines after it's been pruned because those are the ones that produce the best wine. Now, I'm not prophesying that we struggle. That's not what I'm saying. But it goes to show you, even in the natural, even at a vineyard, they want the few grapes that have struggled through, that have persevered. Actually, the root word here for a lot of these is the word uh, persevere, that you would persevere in season, that you would persevere being connected so that you would be stronger. And it's the same at wineries. They want the vine to struggle just a little bit so that it produces high quality wine. And he said to me, he goes, you know, we always talk about a new wineskin. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, I never understood why you need a new wineskin. And I'm like, yeah, why? Like, I didn't know where he was going. He goes, well, because when you pour wine into old wineskin, it expands. So you need new wineskin so that you can have more. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. But we've got to be aware of what God is doing. We've got to be connected to him in our root system so that we can bear much fruit, not some fruit, but much fruit. And that soil time is super important. Yeah. Tension isn't bad. Pressure isn't bad. It's just where our minds are focused that will give us this idea of, wow, God, what are you doing? When we feel the tension, when we feel the pressure, when we feel the struggle, if we're connected, it, it'll be like a mindless thing. Does that make sense? 
Anyways, that's all I got for y'all this morning. You're welcome. Um, I, I want to I have a little bit of, I want to do a little bit of ministry time. Um, can I have Ashby and Allison and Pastor Chris, if you have anything, Pastor Paris? I want to, um, I get most excited about prophesying over you. So if that terrifies you, leave now. Hurry, go. I'm just kidding. I remember... The, the first time, um, <laughs> the first time I ever saw someone stood up and prophesied over, I was so offended. I was like, I've been in church for many of years. They did not just stand that person up and give them some word in front of other people. That's uncomfortable. They probably felt awkward. But I tell you what, crazy stuff happened. It was a, a, a man and his son. They got stood up in their ministry. And there was a word of knowledge. I had no idea what any of this was. The word of knowledge was given to them. And they were just crying and bawling. I'm over there in my offensive seat, just mad, unable to receive because I was so offended at what God was doing. Um, so we're gonna, I'm going to have these incredible people <laughs> um, prophesy over a few of you. And if you're offended, I just encourage you. Um, I know I, I, Pastor Chris laughs. This is real because, because I grew up and I was doing ministry for so many years and I didn't know that the Holy Spirit was real and that God spoke. Yeah. And those things are important. Like, I hope heaven isn't just like this. Jesus comes and shares a word of the day and then he leaves and then an angel comes and says, you may be seated. And then they leave. And then Paul says, Hey, the clock, it's getting kind of late. Let's all go to bed now. Like heaven's not going to be like that. So let's not make church like that. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Here we go. Hi. Um, can you two gentlemen in the back row in the hats, can you stand up for me? Thanks. Um, so, okay. So, um, God, when I was worshiping, I, I kind of walk up and down the aisle, right? And um, I walk past you, and you put your hand out, and I was like, like a, like a torch. And then I just saw blue flames all over you. And God said, um, I'm going to read this to you first. Hold on. Let me find it. I took a screenshot, but I got to read this over you first. Hold on. These, these were the chiefs of David's mighty warriors. They together with all Israel gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. This is a list of David's mighty warriors. I don't know if you've ever questioned your lineage or where you came from. I don't know about your dads, but I know what your real lineage is. So your real roots are mighty men, mighty men of valor. And I see that on both of you. That when you walk, like, you're, you don't... <laughs> You're standing like this right now, and I see the armor that you're holding. Like, I can physically see the armor that you're both wearing. It's not little. And God put it that way because you can take much, but you also hold much more. Yes? So when you walk into the battlefield, you are mighty men of valor. Mighty men. Mighty men. Um, can the men around them, any man around them, can you go and just touch them right now and just begin to... Pray for them. And if you're a man, just go over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what I'm feeling right now. 
God, I just thank you so much right now for mighty men in the kingdom, mighty men, God. Men that chase after you, Lord. Being a man doesn't mean being all strong and tough all the time. You can be sensitive, but God does call you to be warriors. You are providers, and you will do that for the kingdom. God says you're setting up the battlefield. He has people going before you, but you will come with his armor. You will come with weaponry that will destroy the enemy. And I thank you, God, for the men in this household, God. I thank you that you're keeping them strong both inside and out. We were called a healthy church this morning, and I believe that, God. I believe that. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for these men. I thank you the fact that they are a team, God. They are a team. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the guy playing guitar this morning, I don't know your name. Steven. Hi. Hi. Sorry, my husband's like right there. Um, so, uh, okay. Can I keep, is that okay? Um, so you were playing. I can see you. You're right there. And, um, your guitar turned to gold, but your hands were fire. And here's, here's what happens. He, when gold is heated, it actually doesn't become softer. It doesn't melt like other metal. It becomes harder. But what happens is it becomes the heat. The heat is so strong that the atoms can't move. Now, in my head, I was like, what are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me like he's got a hard heart or what is that about, you know? And then God was like, no, 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 listen to me. Look it up. So I went and I looked it up. And what actually happens is the gold becomes so hot, it gets as hot as the inside of a star. So then I was like, what does that mean? And God said, I'm taking him to the stars. And I said, okay, what does that mean? He said, I'm opening up a creative universe for him with the creator. You're gonna be, you're, he's literally going to take your guitar to space because you need to go to the spaces where only he is. He's going to show you creation so that when you play, when you sing, when you're worshiping, there's no better time to be creative than with the creator. You are burning so hot when you play that you are like as hot as space. Things don't survive up there, but that's not what's happening. God's saying he's literally going to shine so bright. He's going to be so heat that people are not going to become soft. They're going to be like, whoo, I'm in the kingdom. I'm right here. It's not a bad heart. It's not a, oh, I'm tense. It's a, I'm so hot right now. I can feel the universe because that's the creator's that's, I don't know, like you just have that call in your life. You're, there's going to be a creative window that just opens for you um, in the next few months. Yeah. Is there anyone named Betty? Betty? Does anyone know a Betty? A Betty? Cool. Betty's probably at the place I'm going to get lunch. All right. Uh, good morning. I'm Ashby. Um, I actually have a word for the girl in the back, the black shirt on, glasses. Um, You actually came in this morning, and I was, like, hyper-focused on you. Um, And I actually have this really good picture and word for you that actually kind of goes along with what Sis was preaching on today. But I got this picture of, like, just, like, a seed just being, like, planted in the ground, and then... And it just like started to bloom. And I and immediately like saw you walk into church today. And I was like, that's for her. Like, I don't even know this girl, but I'm going to tell her. And so here we are. Um, you, praise God. Um, and so I just really felt like, I, like in my mind, I just saw like this, this seed just like blooming. And then like the, the seasons just kept changing. And I really feel like the Lord wanted you to know that like 
even though the seasons are changing, like he is God and he is with you and he's not going to like leave you and just like really like stay focused on that. And like, even though like, like sis was saying, like you can't really see what's happening in the ground, but like he is, he's going to like bloom you into this thing. It's going to be like incredible. And like, no matter where you go, people are just going to want, they're going to be drawn into you and they're going to be like, I need to talk to her. Like she's amazing. And it's because like God really like comes out of you. Like, I don't, I don't even know you. What's your name? Maddie? That's amazing. I have a friend named Maddie. Yay. Um, (laughs) But I just, yeah, I just see, like, all these things in your life just, like, changing and, like, different things are happening, and I don't really know what's going on, but, like, I just really feel like the Lord is, like, seeing that, and he's really putting things in place for you. And I also see just, like, different, like, gifts are just, like, being dropped in different areas of your life that are going to be super unexpected. And then when you get there, these things are just going to be there, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, and just, like, he just wants you to know, like, those are for you. Like, he placed those in your lives for you. And so, yeah, I just bless you with that, um, Maddie. So, praise God. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I'm actually not going to single anybody out. I know, I'm sorry. That's always fun to be singled out. I'm going to make this kind of a more uh, corporate thing. So, specifically, the Lord's been um, talking to me about declarations. Um. And declarations, personally, were always a little bit hard for me to utter. So we are going to do it in the context of what my wife was teaching about as kind of like an outro for you guys to take with you. So we're going to do a little uh, repeat after me, and you guys are going to take it, you're going to believe it, and you're going to move in it. So we're going to start with, I abide in the vine. I am close to my creator. I carry him within me. Really quick, guys. When you guys abide, when you guys stay within him, when he is closer than your own skin, it kind of comes to me of like, what what else, what can come in between you and your creator absolutely nothing absolutely nothing he is closer than your own skin i think jesse said that the other week that's something that you guys get to hold on to you guys are going to exit this building and you guys are going to go out into what we call the world <laughs> right and then we go back to work We have all those, what we call, distractions. We're going to get into this way of life. And what I encourage you in is the presence, the vine. Remember, practice it. Talk to him. Abide in him. Be with him all the time. You guys are going to go into the workplace, and you guys are going to strive to do well. That's a great thing. But we are not going to forget who we abide in, who our creator is, who our father is. Nothing is going to distract you from who your father is. Yeah, they didn't know I was going to call on them, so that wasn't, that wasn't pre-planned. I want to have our prayer team come up. Um, our prayer team, you can come up. Ready? Go. And um, I just felt like there are people here um, who 
Either, well, I, there's at least two people here that have never given their life to the Lord. And today's the day. Today's the day. Because you, you, you either get to spend eternity with him or away from him. And I know that's like a, it's like a strong ping, but that's the truth. And, and today, God is available to take over your life. God is available to give you much fruit. God is available, and God is real. And so if that is you, I want you to come up. The prayer team, they have Bibles and stuff to give you, but they can also pray for you. And we just want to know who else is added to the family. You know, we do altar calls differently every week. I don't have a need to stand up and whatever. But, but when your life is transformed with the goodness of God, it, it's something worth sharing. And so I know that there's a few people here. You've never given your life to the Lord, and today is the day. Today is the day. Don't wait. The word says we don't know when he's going to return. No one knows. He could return in 10 minutes, and you'll either be with him or without him. I, I, I would choose being with him. It's going to be a party in heaven. We're going to have fun. So, all right, I love you guys. Um, if you have kids, you probably need to go pick them up in the kids' room. And um, I'd love to meet you if I've never met you before. And if you need prayer, these people are incredible. Come up and get prayer. All right, bye, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 